This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like free audiobooks, you can get one when you sign up for the 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash sbfvgs. Audible has 150,000 plus titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 16. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is Mike, the Platinum Prospector Lopez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and David, going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Tate. <laughs> That's not for a whole other year. <laughs> and we have a super guest friend joining us tonight, our good pal, Ashley Ortiz. Hello. Yes. Thank you for being on here with us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, Ashley was our old pal from, well, at least I met her when we were doing a lot of Uncharted 2 multiplayer. Yes. Yes, yeah, pretty much when we we pretty much all met her then. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> through the magic of PlayStation 3. <laughs> through the magic, friends. Yeah, through the magic of PlayStation. <laughs> all right, the Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover podcast comes to you every fortnight with each of us coming to the table with one burning topic from the world of gaming. But first, what have you guys been playing? I have a long list. Do you want me to start? <laughs> oh my gosh, a long I, list? My, yeah. I know, my list is all over the place, too. I played okay. a ton of stuff, so go for it. Yeah, okay, so I have been booked this last week, so I had nothing but free time. So I've played Dragon Age Inquisition, which is what I've been playing for the last like million years, it feels like. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty I played good some, game. It's a million I years some, long, right? It is. That's why. I, I'll be playing it probably the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario 3D World, because I never beat it. And um, also, I played and beat Broken Age Act Two. Ooh, yeah, that just came out, and so awesome. I was I, I was on top of that, that one. one. Um, yeah, yeah. So I can give you a little tiny thoughts on it if you'd like. Yeah, um, yeah, let's hear it. I'm really uh, excited to play that. I haven't played either act, so oh yeah, so you're gonna start from the beginning. I'm actually yeah. kind of jealous of people that haven't started because I had to wait a whole year like, between Act One and Two. So that's a long. <laughs> Long uh, and it's like a really big cliffhanger. So yeah, anyways. I just I just watched the first part of the YouTube documentary about um, Double Fine and uh-huh. know, the, the Kickstarter chapter of it. And then so there's a bunch of them on YouTube though. Um, yeah, where yeah. They're, they're talking all about the making of the game and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I was I've been watching all those. So I was a Kickstarter backer and I've been oh, watching cool. those like those since they've been released. You know, two years ago. And um, so the game itself, the writing is just. Awesome. I love... Well, okay, so I've been a, a Tim Schafer fan since Day of the Tentacle, really. Oh, I mean, yeah. A lot of people have liked him since Monkey Island. I never really played those games, but I played Day of the Tentacle like crazy when I was a teenager, and uh, I just loved it. I didn't even know who he was at the time. Yeah. Um, I remember playing the NES port of Maniac Mansion a little mm-hmm. bit, and it was really weird. And then I went to my cousin's house in Oklahoma, and... And there was nothing to do because it was Oklahoma, and <laughs> but but he did have Monkey Island, and so we sat in like the office at his house for like a solid week playing Monkey Island, and it was the greatest <laughs> week ever. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, written by Tim Schafer, designed by Tim Schafer. Uh, the writing, the story is one of the most unique stories I've ever played in a video oh, game. That's awesome. Um, so that is high praise, and then uh, as far as the gameplay itself, it's basically a classic point and click adventure game um and sometimes along with that territory come some kind of annoying puzzles 
Mm. And unfortunately, the second half of the game does have a, a few annoying puzzles that you'll definitely need notes. I actually had to look up a couple things because they were just so obscure. I had no idea what to do. <laughs> That's um, what happens. That's yeah. what happens. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but like if you compare it to games from the 90s, it's way less annoying than that. Well, so, and if you just to go back to the the actual '90s playing a Tim Schafer game, I remember when I was there playing Monkey Island that week. We actually had to call LucasArts to get a yeah. tip. <laughs> yeah, <one point>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know what's funny about that is they actually did uh, they did a tip hotline, a double fine yep. tip hotline. I saw it on Twitter <laughs> awesome. for like a couple hours, and it was actually Tim Schafer answering the phone. <laughs> oh, was oh, it really? Yeah. I wish oh, I would have called. called. I know. Yeah. I missed it. I, I missed it every time, but he did it like That's two so or cool. three times. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I I'm gonna give this game four point five out of five pizzas. Ooh, that's good. That is a good yeah. game. That's, that's about good, how many pizzas I ate today. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what it's like. It's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty good. And you feel yeah. a little gross at the end. But it's over. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and then I have a cool oh, question for you, David. Um, do yeah. you remember? Or, or I've heard that there are really big voice talents involved with Broadway. Oh, yeah. So like, because I heard Jack Black, Elijah Wood. Just mm-hmm. to name Those a few. are the biggest, probably. And you recognized um, all of them, right? Or do uh, they- not all of them. Some of them are kind of obscure. Some of them I have to look up the name of. Um, I'm looking up right now, but uh, so like, <laughs> um, I Stop do know the that show. He- <laughs> He's googling. <laughs> um, the what's his name the uh, Pendleton Ward is one of the voices. Oh, in that's the game. awesome! Um, He's the, the voice creator. of. The voice of, of Lumpy uh, Space Princess. Yeah, he's the creator of Adventure Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's amazing. Will Wheaton is a voice. Oh. Um, Jennifer Hale is a voice. Oh, that's cool. Of oh. Mass Effect fame. Femship. Yeah. Commander uh, and, and like a million other things, yeah. <laughs> Femship. Um, Gray Delisle, she's been in a bunch of things. Um, uh, those are kind of the biggest ones that I... Oh, uh, I don't know if she's a big voice actress, but her voice is amazing. Uh, Masa Moyo is uh, she's the like the main female character, and her voice is just perfect for that character. It's like innocent but like really interesting, and I don't know. I just it's mm. just really cool. Great. That's cool. Uh, and also the guy who plays Merrick, his name is David Kaufman. I've never heard of him before, but he is perfect for that character. So That's anyway, awesome. really good, really good acting, really good performances, um, and it's like playing a, a a really unique and interesting cartoon. And I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I'm definitely um, going to pick it up. It's, it's one of those. Uh, it, this week in Adam's temptations of buying games, um, <laughs> it was Broken Age, and then I also spotted Resident Evil uh, the remake for 15 bucks on, oh. on PSN. And then also, um, I'm still really tempted to pick up Peace Walker for the Vita. You know, yeah, I saw that on sale for I, uh, I Golden would, Week. Yeah, it was like eight bucks. So I, I would have definitely bought it long ago if it were the HD. But you know. They only did uh, uh, MGS two and three in HD for the Vita, so it stinks. I so, see. So you have to play uh, the one eyes bleeding uh, version that came out on PSP. <laughs> <laughs> eyes bleeding. Yes. Uh, and one more, th- one more game I've been playing. Uh, I saw. I went and saw Ex Machina yesterday. That's oh. not a game. Oh that's yeah, not, that's not a game. <laughs> but nice. I'm throwing it in there because it was written and directed by Alex Garland, who yes. Uh, he's super like he's he wrote uh, 28 Days Later. He produced mm-hmm. the the sequel. He wrote the Beach book yeah. and movie. Yeah, uh, he wrote Sunshine, which was also yeah cool. Sunshine, which I was love a great that movie. Uh, yeah. And he also wrote the game Enslaved by. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. What was the name of that company? Oh, Ninja. Ashley, you should know this. 
Ninja, Ninja Theory. Theory. Yeah. Ninja yeah. Theory. Hailblade yes. is their um, new title. So excited. And yes. that was one of my favorite games of last generation, Enslaved. So, um, That's awesome. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Uh, Alex I Garland saw Xbox, is a G. You know, yeah. It was really... the Just four characters in the movie, and it was just captivating. It was amazing. I, I like films wait. like that. I highly yeah. recommend it. That's awesome. Cool. What about um, you, Mike? What are you playing? Yeah. So I can't remember if I brought this up on the last podcast, because, uh, you know, it's been so long. Uh, but I did platinum uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh my god! It only takes about two hundred hours of your life. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Only two hundred. I've been playing that game for my whole life, and I'm not even done with it yet. So I See, don't know. I, <laughs> I did a lot of sightseeing in that game, and by the time I beat it the first time around, I looked at my trophy list. I was like, oh, you know what? I really only have to beat on Nightmare and be like all the dragons. I don't get it. And like, I'll I'll have a platinum. Like, no big, no big whoop. <laughs> Um, how do you so, have yeah. all this time <laughs> well you know as as mentioned previously thankfully my wife is very tolerant of my game time especially if it's a story that she's she's interested in oh. so as long as i change the character enough that she gets new dialogue and kind of like new little story cuts uh mm-hmm. she was pretty happy with it so that's cool nice. yeah i got through that um plugging away at persona 4 um i did kind of beat it <laughs> but <laughs> without spoiling the game at all you hit a basically a crucial point. The game actually warns you. Like it pops up. Like, hey, you're about to get to like a game ending scenario here. You probably want to oh. save it. So you save it, and then I was like, okay, well, here's the obvious bad choices I shouldn't make. I'm gonna go ahead and make those. <laughs> and it causes the game. You get it. You basically like, okay, here's your ending. You get you, you beat the game. And I was like, okay, let me go back and now I'll make the choices I really would have made. Mm-hmm. And it turns out if you do that, there's like 20 more hours of game. So I'm what? still plug- <laughs> I'm still plugging away. Oh you get rewarded by more. Yeah, yes. it was like okay, cool. You get to keep playing this game, and here's a bunch of new stuff. It's like, like oh, the length okay. of a. F- it's like the length of a full extra game. <laughs> it really is. Like there's That's a lot crazy. more games. DLC uh, content. Yeah, I uh, I platinum transistor, which oh gosh, oh, I love that cool. game. It's oh, really so good. really good. That was not even an effort to platinum. I was like, I'm just going to play this twice anyway. So. <laughs> oh, by the way, your uh, Twitter avatar is Transistor, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little Pixar uh, Transistor it. thing. I've, yeah, oh gosh, I love Transistor so much. I'm going to gush about that game. Yeah, it, that was <laughs> one of my favorite games that I played last year. It was so great. Or was hey, it spoiler alert. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> I can't remember. It was Did it come out late last year? Transistor? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. yeah. I think oh, it I don't think yeah. I'm not sure it was late last year. I think it was like mid last year, but oh, that's, um, yeah. it's, or maybe, yeah, it's been out for a while. Yeah. I can't. I, I can't keep it straight. It yet. It's I really feel good. Ashamed. It, it, yeah, well, it's awesome. Here's, it's, it's an awesome game, and you can beat it probably like in one or two sittings. Like It's not very long, so that's pretty hmm. cool. Well, that's good to know. Um, It'll be a nice palate cleanser after I finish devoting my life to uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is much we of a commitment. And now we have to do some Dragon Age multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, well, there was, the only catch is I did it on my PC. Oh. Because I'm a dummy. Why? <laughs> Why would you do this? You because I was, rat. I was out of town, uh-huh. and I didn't have my PS4, but I had my PC. So mm-hmm. it, don't ask excuses, me why I, you had an out of town affair, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but then gosh. I brought it home with me and made it a, a honest, I don't know, <laughs> honest game. Oh <laughs> your PlayStation just has to look across the room, just glaring daggers in no, her but, eyes. But good news, I'm planning on playing it again uh, because, which I, I don't know why I'm crazy, but um, I forgot to import the keep when I started my PC playthrough. Okay, so I so did you're, the you're keep, the but I to forgot to anyway. Import. Well, not really, though, because... Yeah, no, totally. not, yeah I'll walk you through it. It'll be fine. <laughs> so I don't really also, have 100,000 more hours to devote to Dragon Everybody Age. Everybody has 100,000 hours for Dragon Age. Come on. 
Uh, and then uh, I just started Shovel Knight, which is fantastic. I don't need to tell anybody else about that game. It's, it's really, really good. I'll talk more about it after I platinum it. Um, and then I also started The Order, uh, 1886. I'm about an hour and a half into that game. And it's gorgeous. But Adam, you beat that game. Yeah. So I'll leave it to you to tell more about that. Okay, cool. And, oh, and as long as we're talking about non-game related things, I marathon Daredevil. Uh, like the last two <laughs> nice. days. Oh, nice. That <laughs> show is so that good. Show I'm pretty so close good. to the end. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, I just finished it too. I loved every minute of it. it I so had to good. tell Adam uh, yesterday, really quickly before we move on, I was watching the Daredevil finale. And no spoilers. I was just watching it. And there gets like this really big reveal, like the last 10 minutes of that episode. And right when like the big moment had the camera starts to pan out, and I lost power in the house again. Oh my god! <laughs> my power went out for like four hours. I couldn't. I couldn't finish the finale. Oh my I was so angry. You were What's literally the on power? the edge of your seat. I don't, it's not even summer yet, and I've already had like four power outages like in the last <laughs> month. Are they brownouts? I I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> and, and don't worry, uh, the power snapped back on what two in the morning, so all the lights yeah, come back on. on. <laughs> I, know, I was I was tempted to like shake my wife awake, like I gotta watch it right now. <laughs> I can't go to work all day and not see it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So oh, that's awesome, Adam. Uh, no, let's let our super guest friend go. Oh, okay. Be polite then. <laughs> Ashley, Fine. what are you playing? Um, I'm playing a couple of titles actually. Well, no, uh, no new titles because I I did buy Bloodborne and I I started it. I got three bosses in and then I got really frustrated and just stopped mm, and I've been told uh, that that's the way to do it because if you try to push yourself <laughs> you'll just get really mad and you won't play it ever again <laughs> so the good thing is though that I still have it because if I wasn't interested in a game usually I just get rid of it just, yeah you know I give up but uh yeah I've been dabbling with Bloodborne I've been playing a lot of GTA 5 online um, and then I've also been, uh, playing a lot of Last of Us Remastered online. So I'm good. addicted. I, I love, love that game, single player, but online, so good. I was, I was shocked at how good the online was for Last of Us. I didn't <laughs> know how they were going to make that work with that kind of game, but man, it's really fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they really, they really replicated the, the tension and like uh, the feel of the single player in the multiplayer. It's amazing. Yeah. For sure. It takes some getting used to because I, I find a lot of my friends who play it they're used to uh the run and gun of battlefield or call of duty and this is more like stealth where you're just trying yeah, to not at all like strategize that. <laughs> uh move together as a team the people who just kind of go off on their own just they die really quick so but it, that's that's pretty much it that's pretty much it <laughs> That's, that's cool. Yeah, I, that's I need cool. to get that game back from my brother so I can play it yes, with you again. Yes, you do. Again. I've been badgering you so much. <laughs> my brother has been playing through The Last of Us, and uh, he's taking his time on the DLC for some reason, but he's almost done. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, this the last couple of weeks, a lot's happened, you guys. A lot's happened. <laughs> my whole family went down with the flu. Like, oh. Pretty hardcore, and I was the only one who didn't get it. Oh, and you were so, spared. Yeah, I I did get a flu shot. I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if they were just really good at quarantining themselves upstairs. No, it probably just gave you autism. Oh, now we're getting political. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Lay the truth down on everybody. (laughs) Truth serum. (laughs) So, anyway, but, like, because everyone else was, like, out of commission, I ended up having the like free reign of the TV for a good solid week or two. Wow. Here. So I beat shovel Knight. Wow. Um, yeah. And I was already, I was like a third of the way into it. 
and then I just like plowed through the rest of the game. That mm-hmm. game is so awesome. It is I can't recommend that game enough. It is so much fun. Yeah. It's it's this really tough throwback to, you know, these old um you know, just brutal kind of platformers, but there's there's all this cool subtlety to the storytelling, and it's kind of touching in parts, and like it's really good. And then um, also beat the order 1886, uh, which I will discuss at length in a second here. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, and then I I played a ton, and then basically my son he was the he kind of got over everything quicker than anybody else, and so he started joining me downstairs, and we were playing a bunch of uh, Smash Brothers. Oh, nice uh, on the Wii U. I finally am starting to understand this game, and where, so I, I know how to do things. I can oh. fight and know what I'm supposed to do. So Ooh. <laughs> not just button mashing. Yeah, because yeah, before it was anytime I ever played Smash through my whole life up until now, like it's just been like furiously mashing all the buttons and hoping to get lucky. <laughs> yeah, playing it, playing it the way it's intended to be played. <laughs> no, but like oh I actually God. know what's going on now, so it's pretty great. Mike's then, trolling. Well, yeah. I find that there's more wonder in that, though, because when you do a special move and you're like, what? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> true. How did it's I do kinda, that? <laughs> it's pretty amazing when you do pull off something, like, crazy awesome, and you're like, how? Whoa, oh, my gosh. <laughs> how am I doing it, you guys? Stop. Wait, wait. I have to find out how I did that. Just wait one second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then I played a few more hours of Chrono Trigger on Vita. So, I, I got a lot of gaming in wow, the last yeah, couple did. weeks. Um, but... On to the order 1886. Um, <laughs> so I purposely did not read any reviews for this game. I saw review scores, you know, coming out, mm-hmm. um, and I knew that it, you know, the critics were not in love with it. But I still was like, I don't know. That world looks really cool. The graphics look amazing. I was thinking because I love graphics so very much that I would, I'd probably just play through it anyway, you know, mm-hmm. at at some point down the line, you know, just to see how pretty of a game it was. So. Um, and then I mentioned the last show, my wife picked it up on a sale for like 30 bucks. And so I was like, yes, this is my chance. Cause it, even after six months or whatever, it's probably going to be 30 bucks, but it was only six weeks later. So that was awesome. Yeah. Um, so quickly I'll say upfront overall, I had a really good time playing the game. Um, I think it's definitely worth playing if you can pick it up for like the $30 or $40 range, you know, mm-hmm. um, but here's here's a few negatives real quick. Um, there's not going to be any spoilers here. Um, but my only qualms with the game were, okay, one, it doesn't really reward exploration in a meaningful way. Not at uh, all. Yeah. So, so, like, have you played it, Ashley? I did, yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, you can you start going, you know, your gamer instinct kicks in, right? And you know, oh, I'm mm-hmm. obviously supposed to go that way, so I'm going to go this way instead and go find yep. all the cool stuff. So... I, I start doing that and I realize I get, I, you know, I go into like a little cubby or a little hall or something and it's like, oh, there's nothing back here. Okay. <laughs> so then I, I go the right way and then I, I try the next time like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll duck into this room because I'm obviously supposed to go the other way. And then it was like, oh, well, there's not anything in here I can use, but there's like a little, photo of like two old timey chefs sitting together <laughs> and it's like oh okay and then you and the, like not to disparage like the because i mean when you do pick up items to examine them it is gorgeous it's yeah like, the photos it's, do look crazy amazing it's amazing it's weird. like and just to see your hand like turning these objects <laughs> over so it looks so, straight up real so, so to be clear you have nothing against chefs right we're not anti-chef <laughs> on this podcast I don't know. I, let's, let's not go there. Old-timey chefs, that's another thing. Yeah. Old-timey chefs get no quarter in this podcast. <laughs> well, that, that was one of my main problems, is that that mechanic is cool when you do it the first 
maybe two or three times, but right. mm-hmm. it's a consistent thing and it doesn't lend anything to the story at all. I thought if I would pick something up and you could look at it, the character would, you know, talk about it or maybe mention yeah. it to another character that he was next to, but right. literally it's nothing. There's maybe some writing on the back of a photograph or a newspaper clipping, but it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. do anything yeah. for you. So. I just yeah. started that game and like, I got to like the laboratory and he's like, check out this new gun I made. And it forced me to keep turning it in my mm-hmm. hand. I was like, I get it. It's a gun. I know what a gun <laughs> Look is. Look at how pretty it is. It's very it. pretty. It, it the looks, wood grain's amazing. Right? Way it to looks go, buddy. Amazing. Can I shoot it now? <laughs> yeah, it looks amazing, but it's like, okay. Like the turning, th- looking at things mechanic is awesome. If, if you have some gameplay reason to do it. So it's like, because that was not there, it was like, okay, I stopped doing it. And I just mm-hmm. said, okay, well, this is not the kind of game where, you know, exploration, you're going to find a bunch of extra ammo or you're going to find a cool weapon that you can use for like six rounds. No, it's just, you're going to go down there. You're going to find like a newspaper and you can pick it up and look at it. And if you want to read the tiny print, be my guest, but I did not. <laughs> so anyway, so that's, that was one thing. It was just like the, the exploration. I, the, the thing that drove me crazy was like, all the level design was there. Like all they had to do was populate it with something that mattered. You know, it was like so close to being good in that way, you know, but it just, it just wasn't there. So, um, and then I, I felt like the game relied a bit too heavily on QTEs. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of going for this. I, I, my feeling was that it was going for like this hybrid between like heavy rain without the branching fights, you know, and then, but in a more traditional cover based shooter, um, but like where I felt, and I didn't have a problem with, you know, some of the QTE fights. I thought those were really fun. Um, but like the, I don't know, the stealth sections in particular, I did not really like having to use a QTE to stealth kill someone. You know, yeah. it was like, oh, it's like you sneak up on a guy and you, you're ready to like get within range and hit triangle. Like most games, like say the last of us, you get within range, you mm-hmm. hit triangle, you strangle the guy or whatever. Um, in this, it's like you get within range, and if you don't hit triangle at the exact right moment, he'll shoot you. He'll just turn around and blast you, and it's like oh, dead. You know, so it's it doesn't matter that you just took out like twenty guys in the the previous room that were shooting at you, but this guy shoots at you, and you're instantly dead. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh <laughs> wow, man, that is well, like one does die when one gets shot in the face. Normally, it's true. It is true. <laughs> so <laughs> not me. <laughs> touche. Touche. So, um, but yeah, then. You know, so there were things like that where I wished that, you know, if you got discovered, they would just, if they, do, if they wanted to force me to play it stealthy, then just make a bunch of dudes dogpile until I die. Like, that's fine. If I get discovered oh, and, yeah. and you want to force me to do it stealthy, but at least give me the, the chance to like go out guns a blazing, you know? So that, that was one thing that I didn't like uh, with QTEs. Um, and then, yeah, just that the game was missing some systems that add depth to a game. You know, like, again, like when you're exploring, like if you maybe if you're finding little items that you could take to Tesla and upgrade weapons or armor or anything like that, the, there are no systems like that in the game that give it extra depth and kind of hmm. have the carrot on the stick. So it's like, basically, you can just, when you go into it, I like, and like I said, I still recommend playing the game because of what I'm about to get into all the positives um but yeah there were just things that would have made it better and it was so close that that was the thing that was just i was like a little little bummed because it was like so close to being really good Mm -hmm. so um on the positive end the world is incredibly crafted like incredibly crafted the environments the costumes all the machine designs and stuff it's just just jaw-dropping really cool 
And um, the graphics are, of course, unbelievable. I think a lot of people have made uh, sung its praises for the graphics. And, yeah. and the game actually performed great the whole time. Uh, I think I only hit one part where the frames uh, where it got a little framey. And mm-hmm. it was because there was like a ton of dudes all in one room blasting and there's like shrapnel flying every which way. So it's like, okay, <laughs> like I get that I lost a few frames there, but overall, I mean, it, it really performed great. The music is fantastic. I loved, yeah. I loved the score. Um, the voice acting characters story are all great. Yeah. Um, my only qualms with the, with the story would be that it, I felt like it ended unsatisfyingly because they were purposely setting up the sequel. <laughs> You know, like oh, it was one of those, yeah. like, I I felt like there should have been one more mission and one more big boss fight that really felt final. And then I could have, I could have had some closure, but it wasn't, it didn't do <laughs> well, that. So. It was almost like it fancied itself as a movie because it was like a post credit type scene too, that yeah. sort of set up the sequel. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, huh. yeah. So, um, and then as far as gameplay goes, cause I'd heard a lot that, oh, gameplay is just meh, you know, whatever. And I actually, you know, I felt like it went from serviceable to that was awesome. You know, like huh. the, it had these moments of like awesomeness. And I was like, like I was telling Mike, I just wished that it was there the whole game, you know, yeah. but I'm it was having fun though. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, though, it is a really fun game. Yeah. Um, if you go into it, not expecting, you know, to cry at the story and, you know, being so touching <laughs> or just to be like, you know, stressed out and like so satisfied, like the last of us or something like, you know, it has these little quirks, but I still, like I said, I still recommend playing it. And then there were a couple of just odd things that ne- weren't necessarily negatives, um, but were just weird. Like, um, like one what? of, yeah. one of them was, um, that you can't walk and listen to an audio log at the same time. Oh my god, what? that bugged yeah. me so <laughs> much. Oh, that bugged you? Oh. Yeah, because like I would, I would get them and I listen to one, but like they're they're just like I don't know. They have this really great voice actor, and he's just like taking his sweet time reading this thing. And it's like <laughs> it wouldn't, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me if I could walk and look at the pretty environments while I'm listening to this. But yeah. I'm in this gray menu instead, and it's just like oh man. And, and then the darkness <laughs> descended upon us. See, here's and... the problem: actors love a good monologue. <laughs> well, they sure do. <laughs> and that was like their perfect opportunity to make a monologue. Oh, but what they didn't realize is we were trying to play a game. Yeah, I'm trying to play this game. Just let me walk around while I was and that's I have no the problem thing with it. Too, is that that they force you to walk in every environment that you, they want you to stop and look at how pretty everything oh. is. You can't run through the environment because really, I just wanted to. I wanted to go to the next like set piece or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and I I saw the building and most of the buildings after a while, they are pretty, but most of them look the same. It's like the same dreary gray brown in, in most <laughs> of the buildings, unless you're in like a really open area that you're supposed to fight in pretty soon. It's just like, eh. So I, I didn't like that, that they forced you to walk. Yeah, it it almost seemed like... I, I just don't know. I, I just... It seems like you can figure out... anymore. It, feels like, <laughs> it seems like you can figure out the right places to put an audio log to where when you when you do have to walk through this alley or whatever, you can be listening to something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Instead of like, oh, I have to sit in the menu and listen to it. And that what that did was I listened to like one and then I never listened to another one. Same here. Because I was like, I'll find them. I'll, I'll see if I... I'll pick one up if I see it or whatever, but I'm not going to go out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> like, then and I, I feel like I probably missed out on some good world building, but it was yeah. like, you know, I'm not going to sit in the menu for five minutes while this guy like has his moment 
moment of voice acting. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, so, I hope none of the writers or uh, voice actors stumble upon this podcast and get their feelings <laughs> well, It's just, a, it's a critique. It's not... <laughs> and like I said, we hated your yeah, voice exactly. acting. <laughs> exactly. And like I said, like the game, it, they had all these moments that were awesome and then all these moments that were just really close to being really good. And mm-hmm. so I feel like if they make a sequel, and I feel like they will, um, I think they'll iron out a lot of this stuff and the Order 2 will be, or Order 1887 will, <laughs> will, be, will be super awesome. But, you know, we'll One see. One year later. One year later. Um, and then the other weird thing that was just kind of a weird, I don't know why they did this, it's just a strange choice, was there's a prologue and 16 chapters in the game, but there are only uh-huh. really eight missions. Oh. Like, so... Like, okay, so it's like um, the prologue you're playing, and then chapter one you play. Chapter two is a cutscene, and then you walk around a tiny bit, and then it cuts <laughs> to, then it's chapter three, and it's, and that's the second mission, and then chapter that's four so is the, uh, the third mission, and so forth. And like, there are chapters that are just a cutscene. So oh. it's like, uh, one, I wrote them down. It was like one, two, three, four, four chapters out of those six scenes are just lengthy cutscenes. Interesting. And I, it feels like, you know, in most games, they, if you have a lengthy cutscene, you'd do that at the beginning of the chapter and then you'd play or at the very end of the chapter, you know, mm-hmm. and or the, like if you're just walking and talking with somebody and then you get to the place where you're going to, you know, shoot some baddies, you know, then that's all one chapter, you know, but it, yeah, was, it yeah. was like there'd be a cutscene and then you'd walk to the next location and talk to the other people or whatever. And then, okay, it's the next chapter. Now we're actually going to go <laughs> do the mission. It was like, it was a very strange yeah. Um, it, it just made the pacing off, I think, but mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't necessarily take much away from the game for me. It was just, I just, I was sitting there the whole time thinking, why? I've never <laughs> seen a game do that where it's just like, this game has a million chapters. You know, it's like, <laughs> I would have been fine if it was only eight chapters, you know, like that's, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have been complaining about that, but I don't know. Maybe someone at some level of management was like, no, you got to have 12 chapters minimum well, in a game. <laughs> to be fair, people were already complaining about the length. Like, when it oh, was, true. came out, if they had cut all of those chapters and just condensed it, people would have been uh, in an uproar. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. I, I beat the game in about seven hours. But that's because, like I said, I, after like the first area, I stopped looking for extra things. <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm just going to play the regular missions because there's no... The only reason to find those things is to get a platinum. You know, mm-hmm. so it was like, yeah, forget talking was- my language. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and I looked at the trophies, Mike. It is a super easy platinum. So yeah, you, I, I can definitely yeah, do play it. it this weekend, and I'll I'll probably try to platinum it just because. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> <so easy laughs> <one to> <laughs> All right, so Mike. That's so amazing. that was a that was a pretty lengthy. Uh, what are we playing? That was like yeah, serious yeah. hour. <laughs> you got real wordy. <laughs> yes, I know. But so let's quickly just touch on some news items. Um, First PlayStation Plus May games were announced. Oh um, my gosh! I am so <laughs> good. I'm oh my God, so jazzed. David. This is I, I know David's impossible to please. Don't a hater over here. <laughs> this is a fantastic lineup. This is like one of the, my favorite months yet. Like, okay, convince me. Okay, so Guacamelee is coming to PS4, the Super Turbo Championship Edition. Yes, that game I played on Vita and PS3 a little. Um, it is one of the best Metroidvania games I've played in years. I platinum that game too. Yeah, that game. Did is you play so Shadow Complex? Fun. I did a little bit. Okay, because it's, it's that's on your my old... favorite Metroidvania game. Yeah, so if you if you like a good Metroidvania game, Guacamelee is absolutely a great one. It's so, fantastic. So good. Um, 
And then Ether One, uh, which is it's like this haunting first person puzzler. It's very much in the spirit of like a mist game, but with all these cool like psychological themes. I remember reading about this when it came out on PC. I was really wanting to play it. So that the fact that this is coming for free, I'm super jazzed about. Yeah. Um and then so that's all those are both PS4. Then coming to PS4, PS3, and Vita are the Unfinished Swan, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Um That's Race- a great game to play with like your kids if you have them. Yeah, it's so good. And then Race the Sun, which I've I've seen, I think I played it for like two seconds on a, on I a Best Buy Vita. I played the demo for that, it was fun, I liked it. Yeah, I played it like on a Best Buy Vita, yeah. you know, just, I was killing some time in there. That's so. kind of a cool game just to pick up and play like a couple of rounds for like five minutes and then put it down. Yeah, so, yeah. and then also Hohokam's coming to, to all three platforms. Oh, I'm so excited about Hohokam. I am vaguely <laughs> interested in that one. Oh, Hohokam so. is so much fun. I played it a little bit at the PSX conference, and it is just really bizarre. It's this cool artistic thing. Um, I don't know. I, I really like that game. So I'm excited to get that for free. And then also uh, Mirasaki Baby, which is yeah, coming. cool. That yeah. one's coming just to Vita. And that one is like a touchscreen thing where you hold the little girl's hand and you're guiding her through these little environments. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it looks awesome. Uh, the art style is really cool. Uh, a lot of cool uh, puzzle mechanics and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I'm... I, like I, I, when I saw this list, I was blown away. Yeah, so. not only are these like fantastic games, and like that's me saying I already own like half the stuff they're giving us. But man, this <laughs> is great, a great deal for a lot of people. Yeah, but I love that how many of these games are like are cross by, so you can just play them where you want to. You play them on your Vita, on your PS3, or your PS4. Um, that's awesome. It's but my is such question a good is, deal. where are the AAA games? <laughs> well, we haven't had we've had one sort of we've had like one DLC AAA game. You don't get so caught up on AAA because a good game is a good game yeah. is a got, good game. You got Dishonored yeah, but, last month. But but there's... Well, that's PS3, though. I already owned that well, game. What do, you, what do you want? How many AAA games are on PS4 right now? There's there's tons. There, we've, the game's been out for... The system's been out for a year, you know? So yeah. so here, here's the deal. Yeah, but there's Indie not... Games I don't think there's enough they can start giving of. away all their PS4 AAA games. They don't have that many of them. Yeah, they don't have that many. But anyway, all I'm saying is I just want a AAA game. Just one. <laughs> I'm Come sure on. we'll be getting some soon. Like I uh, hope so. I imagine that they'll probably bring Tomb Raider Definitive Edition to. Uh, to... Oh, I already have that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's never good enough for you. Somebody <laughs> has to look at his specific list of games, David. and they yes. have to work around that. Okay, how we need many games hey, do you own? Oh, wait, what was that? How many of the games coming out this month for PlayStation Plus do you own? Um, none of them. Oh, see, look at a sweet deal for you, man. <laughs> yeah, you just. But scored, how many of them am I going to play? One of you them, I big. hope. No, <laughs> every single one of those games is worth playing. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about Ether One yet, but the rest yeah. of those are, I, are solid gold. Okay, so you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I'm not a huge indie game fan. Um, You're a monster. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy them here and there, but I find many of them to be a little bit like derivative of each other. That's like they're mm. all kind of like they're all kind of like uh, building on each other, you know. False. And I I like okay, lies. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll talk a little more about that for my topic. Some but, animosity uh, okay. here. Oh, my gosh. What did <laughs> I want to AAA games tend to have more depth to them. Not all of them, but they tend They have, yeah, like, no, the you're Dragon right. Age, thousands of hours. Oh, of there's so many. And so. there's so many game systems that all build on each other. Yeah, and I know where yeah. you're coming from on that. But I, I really love indie games for the fact that they'll take one or two really interesting mechanics and exploit them to their fullest and... You know, a lot of times they come up with these amazing ideas that no one else is doing. Like the Unfinished Swan is a great example, even though it's not technically an indie game. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's you know, it was just this incredible. Um, it came out of like a, a grad school project or something, I believe. Um, but yeah, it was just this incredible mechanic that evolved into this whole beautiful game. So, um, yeah. But you know, agree to disagree. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like we have opinions, and they're they're. But my opinion is just as valid and beautiful as your opinion. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's less a right. Little snowflake. That's yes. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one's more up David's alley. Um, Batman Arkham Knight. There are new details uh, oh, regarding. Oh my kind gosh! Of? I just did a Batman impersonation accidentally. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that game. Why you want to kill me? Oh, speaking of which, did you guys see the Ben Affleck uh, tattooed? Ver- it was like a Photoshop yes. tattoo version of Ben <laughs> no. Affleck. Yeah. I oh did. my gosh. Okay, so you, you guys saw the. Um, the Jared Leto Joker, Joker, right? Yeah. And he has like, Indeed. he's got all his tattoos and everything. And, and, the, and there's a lot of backlash because, you some know, he's a little on the nose. Some of them yeah, are a little, very much so. yeah. Well, little. They'll, they'll probably be gone by the time the movie comes out. To be fair, on his though, forehead, it says damaged. To Come be on. fair, though, <laughs> crazy, when has man. Joker ever been subtle? I mean, if you look at his outfit, even the classic outfits, it's pretty. That's true. <laughs> it's pretty out there. He's not a subtle character, and there's different variations. So I'm not. I'm not one of those people that saw it and was like, right. "That's horrible. I hate that." Yeah, no, and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like outside of the fact that he would have had to be a fan of Batman comics to get those tattoos. Mm-hmm. It's like all the ha 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 ha, you know, like, it's like the all hot that topic stuff. Of yeah, yeah. He would have to be reading the comics and go, oh, "I'm going to get that tattoo." <laughs> like, so outside of that, like the damaged thing, I was like, "Oh my gosh, he looks like he's like a new metal singer from like yeah. the, like 2000s." I'm but, I'm kind of hoping by the time that movie comes out that he's just aping the Cesar Romero Joker. <laughs> <laughs> like let him grow a mustache, but then just paint white over it. No, and, I, and that's oh, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that like the old Batman and Robin series, exactly. Um, but yeah, like the. Uh, I guess just I have no doubt that Jared Leto will do a good job. He's a good actor, but um, I just I just didn't like that picture very much. So, but all that aside, Batman Arkham Knight, the video <laughs> game on this video game podcast, um, yeah. So the the new details that came out, there we're gonna have switchable characters, a la GTA Five. Yeah, that is um, interesting. And maybe not exactly the same. Yeah, but like, just, I don't think the characters are like wandering around the city independently and right, you can swap right, right. them anytime you want. But there'll probably be some kind of a team up. Oh, well, there is. We saw in the trailer. Yeah, like team yeah, there's two different Robins, right? Well, there's Nightwing, there's and, Nightwing, and Robin, and then but, it, it can't you be Catwoman as well? Yes, yes. yeah. But yes. isn't Nightwing so awesome. just Robin grown up? Isn't that? I don't know. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, there's like Batman. four Batman different Robins there. There's more than four. It's, uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I know there are a lot of Robins. Okay, nitty gritty. Oh, okay. But I, but Nightwing but I used to be Robin, right? Nightwing used to be Robin, and then yes. eventually he, you know, he leaves. He, he he's in a different city, and angst, he's Nightwing. Angst face. Mm-hmm. He wanted to so, be Batman. Yes, I'm right. There's two Robins. There's just one is graduated from Robin. <laughs> he's like one I, Robin at a time. Like secretly, it really bothered him being called the Boy Wonder all those years, and he's like, I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> All right, so um, <laughs> next, oh, um, what else? Oh, Mighty Number no. Nine. We got a release date for oh, Mighty Number no. Nine. That looks so good too. <laughs> yeah, September fifteenth. I'm excited about that. That looks so good. Just like it's like a really pretty Mega Man game. Finally, that's I've been wanting one for a long time. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And then the the most heartbreaking story, and this is going to be about a week old by the no. time that people listen to the podcast. But Silent Hills no. being canceled. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, like yeah. why i remember and, on our on our episode we were talking about you know kojima leaving konami and that was one of our our questions like i wonder what's going to happen to silent hills now that he's gone because he was a crucial part of that yeah and, yeah it fell apart uh, and norman reedus is uh they they lost the rights to his likeness and everything yep, like the yep. contract ended 
So, so you had all you had so much going for that game. Like okay, you had you had Guillermo del Toro signed on. You had Kojima. You had Norman Reedus. So uh, basically, you had like they had the face of the game. You had like this awesome horror pedigree from Guillermo, and then you had this super amazing uh, history of game design from Kojima. And they're all like in our minds, it was probably going to be better than it ever would have been in real life. But still, well, like, I mean, they start off with the with the playable teaser, right? And yeah, everybody so- loved it. Yeah, it was P- amazing. So PT comes out, we all get our minds blown by it, and uh, and then like next thing we know, we're all everyone's so jazzed. Everyone's talking about Silent Hills. It has so much buzz behind it, and then it's gone. It's just ripped away from us. We like, never I, see a single gameplay never video of it. Yeah. At all. And Ko- and Koji- uh, Konami just has to like eat the cost of all the development, whatever they put into it. You know, like yeah. it's yeah. just gone. And and that's the crazy thing. It's like. I feel like I didn't think about it right away, but after the fact, I started thinking this is one of those game cancellations that we're going to be talking about for years. Definitely, mm-hmm. because this is like this, this is the game that everyone wanted, and there was so much buzz. Like, ah, yeah, I, and there's actually a petition. Someone started a I forget what <laughs> what the site is, but they started a petition, and everybody has like more than five thousand signatures. Like, bring back Silent Hills. It's not yeah. going to do anything. No. Um, however, Sony could buy the rights. You know. And they could just make it themselves. That's well, true. and and like we were talking about, I I hope that Kon- Konami is smart enough to realize that people are buying PS4s on eBay for like eighteen hundred dollars because they already have PT on them, which mm-hmm. is so ridiculous. Because even if you don't own a PS4, you could have just hopped on the PlayStation Store on your phone and added it to your account real quick for free, yep. Yep. for free. <laughs> so, but I'm hoping that. Uh, Konami's smart, and you know, in a may, maybe they just take it off the market, remove the the Norman Reedus teaser from the end, and just re-release it on there for a few bucks, you know, and people will buy it because it's so good. Yeah. So we have a Twitter question about this, right? So should I save it for then? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you want to just jump yeah, right into we that? Should, we probably should. Let's just jump okay. right into that Twitter question. <laughs> All right. So Russell writes in. He says the real question here is how long will this new Konami last? I hope it's a long time, but we're not starting well. And so, um, and Ashley brought this up. What does the new Konami mean? So I think he's just getting at this whole post Kojima uh, right. Konami. Uh, so so I, I think part of it, it's. I'm sure a lot of people now that all this news is coming out, I've probably been hearing a lot about Konami as a business. Yeah. And a really important part to remember is that US facing, we see them as a game company. But yeah. in Japan, like that's like the smallest piece of their business. Like they make gym equipment and like slot oh. machines. Yeah. And they, yeah. They make pachinko machines. For, everything under yeah. the sun. Like they have an enormous uh, industry over there and games are just a very small part of it. Wow, I didn't so, know that at all. They had yeah. a financial report that was put online, and, and they have digital entertainment listed as one, and then they have video games and systems as another. So, like, their digital entertainment, which I'm assuming is the gambling stuff, is yeah. <laughs> that's their highest moneymaker yeah. right there. Exactly. so weird. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's very weird. But I think they've been on a downward spiral, at least in terms of, like, with their fans for a while. And it started with the deterioration of Silent Hill 
as a franchise, pretty much. I know, and that's that's kind of what breaks my heart too. Is that like I felt like this was finally the chance for Silent Hill as a franchise to come back. Definitely. Because I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I loved Silent Hill one, two, and three like crazy. Loved yeah, I them. played all three of those. They're so good. And then by the time the fourth one came around, it was like, oh, it was a new development team, and it just wasn't the same. And I didn't. I played a little bit, and like, nah. And then so <laughs> then they released like a ton of Silent Hill games I didn't play. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, but they even tried to to bank on the the Silent Hill two and three reputation by re releasing it on HD or in mm-hmm. HD, excuse me, on PS three and three sixty, and yeah. that that whole thing too was a huge debacle in itself. Because I don't know how much you guys have looked into it, but it's like from the original voice cast sort of being completely isolated from the whole project because of uh, issues with royalties and all this oh, stuff wow. like Konami getting sued oh, and uh, them re-recording all of the, the the voice work and making all of these quote-unquote improvements. But when you compare it to the PS2, you know, era, it looks awful. And you'd think, like, hmm. in terms of quality, why would they release something like that? And even the original team, they went, they took to Twitter after it was released and they would look at comparisons and just kind of you know, do the facepalm thing where they're yeah. like, how did this get re-released? This is not the game that we made originally. And so wow. I just, I think that's a reflection of where the company stands right now. So, yeah, yeah so. I think uh, I have a kind of dour prediction for them. Um, they just delisted themselves from the U S stock market. Yep. So yeah. that's not a good sign. Um, well, I, I think that the video game making side of Konami is probably going to disappear in the next few years. I like, like I think now Metal the, Gear Solid Five the, is going to be their last game. They did say the that they wanted to continue it. Yeah, the delisting thing actually is an, an, a really unfortunate coincidence for them. They actually <laughs> announced the the delisting to their stockholders last November. Really? So that was kind of a known issue, and then they sent out a reminder in April saying, "Hey, we're going to delist from New York Stock Exchange because they've yeah, but done why? because they've done uh, an analysis showing where their stock is traded." And it's really heavily traded in the UK. It's really heavily traded in Japan, but it's not traded very much in the US. Yeah, something like one percent of the stock trades. <laughs> no are less. Here. I think it's less. Yeah, it's, than it's that. Like yeah. less than one percent, and it costs them five million dollars a year to be listed every year on the New York Stock Exchange. So that you know, mm-hmm. if only one percent or less than one percent is being traded, we're just wasting money on the yeah. stock exchange. Okay. Well, but so you it, can I think still it look at worse that, than it is. But you could still look at that as an indication that well, Americans are not very interested in what Konami's making anymore. Well, Konami's not making <laughs> Exactly. Well, they're making... That's, uh, kind of, that's kind of my point, is, is their their business is so large outside of games that they are one of these companies that can just hold on to these properties and they cannot make anything and be fine. And then a couple years down the road, well, we'll give it another shot. And if it fails, yeah. maybe we start selling off IPs or maybe we close this, this game's business. But I think that we were quite a few years away before they decided to do that. Yeah, well, well here's the I, thing. Here's okay, the thing. Ahead. Konami just made a bunch of money off of me this week because I bought Suikoden 2 for $4. <laughs> they, got, they got four of this guy's dollars. So, so you're just a fan in the flame. <laughs> Please throw money at him. He's like, here, so, take, it. Uh, take it. All right. So um, next question comes from Hakeem. What are your favorite games of 2012, 2013, and 2014? Wow. The big question. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it, it is. is quick. It is. So there's so many great games that came out in those three years. I have the massive list here, but I'm going to try to narrow it down to like two per year <laughs> because mm-hmm. I don't think I can do any better than that. Um I'll, uh, so 2012, I I would have to say The Walking Dead Season 1 
and Journey. Okay, that's a good pick. What about you guys? I would say 2012. uh, I'm going to keep harping on this. Spec Ops The Line. Oh, yeah. fantastic. And there's tons of other great games, but one that I know a lot of people skipped out on that there's an HD release you can pick up now is uh, Sleeping Dogs. Oh, yeah, I did buy that. that. I haven't played it yet. So, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Mass Effect 3 was my favorite game of 2012. Yeah. Uh, fantastic game. Uh, that game was game. so much fun. The ending, you know what's funny? I actually hold, held off on the ending until they released the DLC ending, and <laughs> I actually enjoyed it the whole way through. So, um, that's cool. Yeah, so that's mine. And uh, so Are we going through 2013 and 2014 also right now? Well, we just we're just going in a circle. We all in 2012 right now. So actually, okay, sorry, 2012. I missed that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, mine is pretty similar to uh, many of the titles that you already mentioned. Mass Effect Three was one. Any game that can make me cry, it's got to be on there. So Walking yeah. Dead is also one of those. Uh, and then Far Cry Three, I think, was oh, also yeah. 2012, yeah. and I, I really liked that one. Yeah. All right. So um, 2013. I feel like I could easily do one game for this year. The, the <laughs> we Last all of know. Us. We all know. Yeah. <laughs> the Last of Us like ran away with it this mm-hmm. year. But I mean, honorable mentions though. I loved uh, Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah, I played that game like crazy. But also, Guacamelee came out in 2013, and The Swapper. I loved. I loved all those games. So. Yeah, those were really good. Um, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I know yes. it's not everyone's cup of tea, oh, but I really so like that good. game. I think yeah. it's fantastic. It was really good. And then, um, yeah, you already mentioned Guacamelee and Last of Us. Uh, the Wolf Among Us. I still think that's Telltale's best game they have right now. Definitely. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. I forgot to did I forget to mention I just started that game. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I, I, I played <laughs> like a proud papa. I played like so an hour good. and a half. Yeah, <laughs> I played like really an hour good. and a half last night, um, and it is really awesome. I'm loving it. So, uh, Last of Us and uh, special honorary mention to Tomb Raider. Oh, oh yeah. that was a great game. Yeah, Tomb Raider was yeah. awesome. Um, let's see. So, uh, Last of Us was already mentioned, Bioshock Infinite. I also had um, Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS. Really enjoyed mm. that one. And then, I mean, this is kind of a given, but GTA V, when it was originally oh, yeah, released. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, you played it a lot back then when it was first I released? I did, yes. Not online. Not online. It was just a single right. player. But I, I put it on the list specifically for me because it was the first GTA that I actually got into. I was not a mm-hmm. fan of Grand Theft Auto before this one. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, it won you over. Mm-hmm. All it right. <laughs> so, what about last year? Okay, I I have Shovel Knight came out last year. Um Wolfenstein the New Order. Um South Park Stick of Truth. Now, a couple of these I didn't play till this year really recently. So, I had named Infamous Second Son my game of the year for 2014. Mm-hmm. Um but gosh, I Valiant Hearts like all of these games oh. could could easily be the greatest game of last year. <laughs> Adam's just going to list all the games. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, it goes without saying Dragon Age Inquisition. That's um, my pick too. Yeah, it's so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm. Oh, you, you, I'm sorry. <laughs> we were talking. <laughs> we stepping all over each other. This That's okay. We're excited. So we excited. <laughs> uh, Child of Light fantastic oh yeah that's a great game and transistor yep transistor's amazing um okay so i i think i probably will end up picking dragon age inquisition but since i haven't beaten it yet i feel like i'm not allowed to pick that one yet um so i'm gonna go ahead and actually so i picked shadow of more i'm sorry i picked destiny last uh when we were you know naming our favorite game Mm -hmm. however i have completely soured on that game and i kind of don't like it anymore <laughs> um so i'm gonna go ahead and say shadow of mordor was my favorite game of last oh, year. very cool yeah. very cool so 
All right. Michael writes in. He says, this is paraphrasing because I don't have his question in front of me. But It wasn't me. But it says, um, just go ahead and throw out it out of, there. Out of curiosity, what was the first video game character that you were actually attracted to? This is an easy answer. <laughs> Nintendo oh. 64, Candy Kong. <laughs> <laughs> that's the creepiest I answer. think we were all going to pick that. That's, that's the answer. Wait, wait, wait. Mike, are you how first? Old, how old were you when this, this attraction <laughs> developed? I don't remember because I made up this joke two minutes ago. Oh my god. I thought you were being serious and oh, you should have gone with it. So I think creepy. that would have been. Yeah, this big ape that also happens to have huge knockers. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing nothing weird about that. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Furry no, at all. Nintendo but... is family friendly. That's right. All right, so I'll kick this off. I because I'm old, so my answer is also going to be old. Um I have two. I have two that I don't know which one came first actually, but um the I initially thought of the original Tomb Raider, and it's it's funny to say now because <laughs> for like, yeah because of the <laughs> triangle pointy boobs, um, but <laughs> like it was just like this really um, I don't know it was like the first time I'd played as a girl character that looked somewhat realistic, and I was like I'm in high school that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the short shorts got to be the short shorts. <laughs> yeah, and then what was her name on Killer Instinct? Uh, B Orchid. You oh, that? the orchid. <laughs> yeah, with the dude. <laughs> she defied gravity, but that's okay. Wait, in more ways than one, or? Well, no, no, in, no. mostly in the one way. Oh, wait, two ways? Two ways or one no. way? Oh, oh, sorry, yes, two ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so my pick, this is a really strange one, actually, but... um. So, uh, Princess Peach, back when she was called Princess Toadstool, oh, uh, I read goodness. a comic in Nintendo Power about... Like and they f- kind of flushed out all of these characters. Mario was in there, Luigi was in there, Yoshi, Bowser, Princess Toadstool—they were all there. And like, I was like rooting for her the whole time. Like Bowser captured her at one point. I was like, no, no she's got to get out of there. <laughs> um, so anyway, it, it was Princess Peach. Princess Peach yeah, okay. in the day. So I guess um, I'm more traditional. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a confusing topic. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> And Ashley, how about you? Um, well, mine, because I was trying to think back, because many of the games that I first started playing, they're they're so, the characters are so small, it's like, and they don't even have personalities half the time, it's mm-hmm, just, yeah. they're a blank slate, so I was thinking, okay, more, more, you know, further down the line, and I remember getting a Dreamcast, and one of the first games that I got for that system was Grandia 2, like an RPG. Oh, great game. And I really really loved uh the main character his name was ryudo and he was like a geo hound like sort of a errand boy for hire he just he hunted monsters and i liked his attitude and I, there's just something about him that was very appealing and it drew you in it drew yes you in. and it, it it just it did not help anything either that he was voiced by a teenage mutant ninja turtles from the 80s he was voiced oh, by the same man. guy who did leonardo from the 80s oh, cartoon, so. oh, and Liquid Snake from exactly. Metal Solid. That's yes. awesome. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was automatically drawn in by his voice, and I was like, yeah, I really like this guy. So I think and it, it's weird to say that now, because when you think back and you look at the actual game model uh, of his character, he's right. basically a big-headed bobblehead looking thing <laughs> so it's not really attractive but uh, he was a devilishly handsome bobblehead yeah well when you look at the the concept art and the, you know the you're like yeah i could i can yeah. get on that. oh wow 
okay, so a little trivia. That guy's name is Cam Clark, Leonardo. Oh. And uh, also, did you guys know that the voice of Pinky, Robert Paulson, or Rob Paulson, was Raphael? I had oh. no yeah. idea. He's in the new series, too. Wow. Very cool. I had no I think idea. He's, he's Donatello in the new series. His name is <laughs> Robert Rob Paulson. Paulson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and also, the voice of Winnie the Pooh right now was the voice of Shredder on about 118 episodes. Oh, my gosh. Cartoon Jim Cummings? Cartoon Ninja Turtles. Wait, which one? Yeah, which Jim one? Cummings. Oh, Jim Cummings? Uh, Jim, oh, oh yeah. okay. Okay, because I'm trying to like that. What is it with the 80s cartoon? Wasn't it um, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince? Was that? Shredder? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, was, yeah. Ori- oh, okay. he was the original voice. Okay. And then Jim Cummings took over. All right. Oh. All right. So. <laughs> That's awesome. And no one knew because he's a chameleon and he can do every voice. <laughs> yeah, he can do any voice. What about you, Mike? Uh, Candy Kong. We were one of those. No. <laughs> you already admitted that was a joke. That doesn't count. Doesn't count. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I thought about this for a while and I honestly, I couldn't come up with anything. I have, <laughs> what? I honestly have no idea. Uh, the, Is your the answer closest... that you're just so in love with your wife that you can't remember any of them? <laughs> <laughs> No, the, the closest thing I can think of is um, whenever possible, even to this day in games, if the female character is an option, I typically play as the female character because I'm generally just interested in like a strong female protagonist. So if I, I don't know, if I had more time, I could probably think back uh, to games where that was the case. Uh, but off the top of my head, I, I can't. I can't think of anything. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. For you fine folks out there, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. I personally recommend the audiobook of The Ultimate History of Video Games by Stephen Kent. I listened to it on Audible and learned a lot of crazy stuff about Atari, Nintendo, Sega, and Sony that I never knew before. You can also download an audiobook of your choice free of charge by trying Audible. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash sbfbgs. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash sbfbgs for your free audiobook. Okay, topics, you guys. Topics. Topics. Who wants, who wants to go first? Topics. I'll go first. My topic will probably be pretty short. Okay. So, um, especially recently, we're getting like tons of information, uh, trailers, story information about like Batman and Mass Effect 4 and The Witcher 3. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of curious when all of this information starts to come out, what do you guys do for games that you're excited about? Do you like try to block all that information out? Do you like just consume all that media because you're so excited about the game or do you find like some balance in there? Because I feel I, like I personally, I will watch like the first or second trailer for something that comes out and be like, cool, I'm excited. And then I go on media blackout basically <laughs> until that game comes out. Because I, <laughs> unfortunately, like there's way too many like spoilers that come out, like too many trailers for too much information for me. I want to experience all that in the game. Yeah. So generally I go on media blackout and I read a couple of quick reviews, like all oh, the introduction to reviews and see some scores, like make sure it didn't tank in like the month or whatever that I wasn't paying attention um just because i i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) i'll find out next month that silent hills isn't coming out (laughs) Uh, yeah i i i kind of prefer i I think too much information is typically given these days but i know adam that's not always the case for you i remember when bioshock infinite was coming out uh turning around my desk and seeing like you just watching trailer after trailer like watching you could not get in i was like you've watched the first half an hour of that entire game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, you know what I did actually with more than Bioshock Infinite was um, Dying Light. 
Remember it? Like every time you'd turn around, I was watching yeah. Dying Light trailers. Yeah, very true. And, and part of that is because I thought it looked cool, but I wasn't sure. So like, say something like Uncharted 4, like I, I already know 100% I'm going to buy that. Same with Batman, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's, there's certain games where I don't need to check it out at all. Like I'll, they could just tell me the title and the day I'm going to go buy it and I'll just go <laughs> buy it on that day. And they'll be um, right. Yeah. So basically, if I'm unsure of a game, I find that I look into it a lot more. Um, hmm. I know because I've overexposed myself in the past. Like the original Bioshock. Oh my! Oh yes! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that was awesome. What was that? What was that guy's name? Oh, that was your George, George Takai. Takei. Yeah. My yeah. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> he has the best voice. He has the best voice. George Takei. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I've definitely watched too much of a game before and, and then kind of been bummed as I started playing it, realizing, oh, I already know all the surprises from the first half hour. <laughs> yep. And th- mm-hmm. that happened to me with, with, um, Bioshock one. Like I remember oh. going and playing it at my buddy's house for the first time. And, and he was like, you don't seem as amazed as I was when I was playing this, this first half hour. And I was like, Oh, I've seen all this. You know? <laughs> like, so I, I, yeah, I wished I hadn't because I remember watching it on IGN or whatever at the time. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this looks so amazing. Like the flaming <laughs> elevator falling down and stuff like that. Like all those cool yeah. moments that were kind of spoiled for me. So yeah, I, yeah, if I'm unsure though, I'll definitely check out a game more, but um, what about you guys? Uh, so I'm kind of weird. Um, I, don't care about spoilers at all. No, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I'm super excited about the new star Wars movie coming out. I've already read a script that has supposedly leaked from the movie. (laughs) Why, why would you do that? Because I want to know, I don't know why, but I just want to know everything about something. You know, it's your insecurities coming out about you. You fear it's going to be a prequel thing again. That's that's why you did it. No, I like the prequels guys. Come on. Deep down inside, David, you know, that's not true. Sometimes I forget you're a psychopath. (laughs) Sit your feelings. Sit your feelings, David. You know, that's a bad movie. Let's just just get a ring. David likes the prequels, <laughs> hates indie games, loves spoilers. Clearly a psychopath. Oh, yeah, you know, I got. I'm thinking about getting a tattoo on my forehead that says "damaged." <laughs> I say go for it. I say go for it. Get, um, some, get some dental work in prison, and you got the whole life. So I think it has something to do with how I. I've always wanted to be like behind the scenes in things. Mm. And so I'm just always so interested in how everything gets made. And so I just want to see as much as I can about something, uh, like just to see if I can get any idea of like how they're making it right now. Like, yeah, I remember before Jurassic park came out the first one, I bought this book or I got this book that had like all of the special effects, like the secrets behind all the special effects. (laughs) And like, they showed all the dinosaurs that were going to be in it. They showed concept sketches. They showed like, you know, uh, computer tests that they did. Like I'm obviously still pictures, but, um, (laughs) I read that thing from cover to cover like three times before I actually saw Jurassic Park. And I, I was not surprised about anything, but I loved it all. The, I just loved it because I, yeah, I wanted weird. to know how it was made. I cannot wrap my brain on what you're saying right now. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I don't know. I, I can't explain no, it other I than I just, it, though. I'm I get a creator. It you're, I want to make it. Exactly. You're like more interested in the art of it. And you're, mm-hmm. you're like probably looking for that, that peek behind the curtain more than, mm-hmm. than you are wanting to be immersed in it. Right? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. that's very, that's well, very much the most case. Most people experience that in the opposite way, because like, you have these director's cuts that come out, the extended editions that come out, and they have all that behind-the-scenes stuff, but that's after people have experienced the film. Yeah. And then they... Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get all that behind the scenes. So he's just doing it the other way. He's experiencing yeah. it before. Like a, and like then... a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I take more joy in its creation than, than you know, what it is. It's okay. weird, but it's true. Well, right. Jurassic Park is a really good example. That movie is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just in its creation. Still, There's still so amazing. much Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, you can never have too much, especially a in that special era. Special line delivery every time. His every shirt time. is open like half the movie. <laughs> Chest hair. Oh, and his laugh. Now, now, weird... now eventually you'll have dinosaurs mm. on, on this yeah. dinosaur. The weird, the weird Goldblum. <laughs> the weird Goldblum laugh too is amazing. Isn't it, oh, it kind of like? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> oh, yes, when he's flirting. That's his flirting laugh. Hopefully oh, my he's gosh. not listening because uh, he'll, he'll probably. Oh, man, if you're us. listening, Jeff Goldblum, you're my hero. <laughs> oh, no, I love you. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, did, did Ashley get to answer? Um, well, I mean, I, I kind of am. The more I'm excited about a game, the more I tend to look into it. Like, I mean, we already said a lot about it but dragon age inquisition was the last big game that i was very excited about so i found myself online nearly every day trying to (laughs) scour the internet for more information on the characters uh stills from the game i just needed to consume as much as possible but i wasn't looking for spoilers per se because with bioware games the story is like the biggest draw the not just the characters but the story so you don't want to you know, mess with that. But I mean, I, anytime they were on Twitch and they were, you know, showing little snippets of gameplay, I was all over it because I Mm -hmm. needed that in my life. But, uh, (laughs) I mean, you have to, it's like a personal thing. You have to know like where you draw the line, but it's really difficult, especially nowadays with the internet and, you know, if you're even remotely social and, and I find it with TV shows too, people spoil things just instantly without even thinking about it well yeah it's like they just assume that you're caught up on the recent Mm -hmm. news or what's going on and they just this they they blurt (laughs) it out and then it's it's out there nobody can take it back and it's just i don't know it kind of i was about to do a harry potter spoiler but i decided (laughs) (laughs) i think you're okay i think you're okay Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> I have never seen Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's I. I remember going on Amazon.com to buy the sixth book, and that was like I scrolled down just like oh, a hair no. too far, oh. and that was the top comment was yep. Snape kills Dumbledore. I was like, no. Was that like the, the title of the comment? Like spoilers. Yeah, it was, dot, yep. dot, dot. it was just. It was just the only thing I could see. I was like, what? And I just had this sinking, <laughs> yeah. this sinking feeling. I was like, oh, this is that is the worst human right there the worst that was one. the internet that was when the internet became a truly awful place for people who <laughs> yeah. spoilers well but every that's time the thing. something like that happens to me i have to like psych myself out like that dude's probably lying <laughs> yeah and, and like but the whole time i'm like reading that book or watching that movie i'm like it's in the back of your head waiting this is going? for it is that you're waiting going? for it to happen yeah, yeah. it's the worst. yeah so anytime there's a new walking dead episode or new game of thrones episode i'm just like okay i have to stay off twitter because a bunch of jerks are going to be spoiling <laughs> you put your this. blinders on la la yes. la la <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um david your topic good sir 
Oh, my topic's going to take a while. Do we have time for this? <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it up. Okay. All right. So my topic is, okay, so I'm not a big fan of indie games. <laughs> One of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of indie games is uh, they there seems to be this trend. And like I was talking about earlier, they all kind of seem to get the all, they all kind of get the same idea at the same time and they all start doing it. Um, and right now, like the trend is like randomization. Like uh, there's this game, uh, shoot, I forgot the name of it, but it's it's Zelda but with random dungeons. So it has like hundreds of dungeons because oh, is, it, is it darkest dungeon? No, uh, that's, that's like a turn based no. RPG. Oh, okay. I, I looked up, I looked up a game that had, th- that was announced that had this, but I totally forgot what well, it was. So the binding, the binding of Isaac is, is like that. It's a very Zelda like, but yeah, it's, all, so, it's so there's one and then yeah. darkest dungeon is another one that's doing that. Right. Yeah. And then um, there's, and then there's another one. That was there's, just announced. Well, there's Spelunky, there's Rogue Legacy, there's all kinds of games that use yeah. procedural generation now. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know, I, f- I feel like it's... I, I, I feel your pain on some of it, because sometimes I hear about a game, and I'm like, well, they didn't... You're like, yeah, they had to make the rules of the game, and then they just dumped in the assets, and now I'm playing whatever the computer wants me to play. I I almost <laughs> feel like it's a little cheap. Like, And, and yeah. I, know, I know it's a way of, like, like say, with No Man's Sky... There's no other way that could have been done, right? Yeah, that's so, true. So that's well, they re- could have had like nine planets, and then that was it. But yeah, then that would be a very short game. But so. you wouldn't. They wouldn't have been able to do it with their twenty-person team or whatever. You right? Know, it's a really small studio. So, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely something to it when you use it the right way. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like certain games, I'm like, well, I don't really have a desire to play that because I would rather play a game that someone like put a lot of thought and effort into design on. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly my point. I didn't actually get to that yet. Um, I feel like a human designing a dungeon will make an infinitely more interesting and fun dungeon than a computer ever possibly could. At least at least until we develop AI. Um, like yeah. where the where the computer knows what's interesting and what isn't, yeah. which, then, then it'll just kill us all. <laughs> the computer has right, feelings. We'll, yeah, <laughs> the computer's like, I feel like this candelabra would look better right here. <laughs> you disagree, then all hell breaks loose. Uh, by the way, so, David, was it Songbringer? Yeah. It was. Was that? The oh, that's title? it. Songbringer. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, so anyway, just these. So. I get uh, this happened recently with one of the one of those games where I they like announced a new game. It looked like Zelda. Uh, the gameplay looked exactly like it, and then they get down to the bottom, randomized dungeons. And I was like, man, but the amazingly creative puzzles in the dungeons of Zelda is what made Zelda fun for me. So like, I can't be excited about that game. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. What and do you guys so, think? I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I'll let Adam already kind first. of shared. <laughs> well, I monopolize. I. Uh, I mean, I am just now starting to get into indie titles, but I think I've I've started to notice at least the ones that I've played, the ones that don't have randomized dungeons. It you can tell the amount of craft and the amount of work, blood, sweat, and tears that mm-hmm. went into it to make it as good as it is, and it's not one of these like Order of eighteen eighty six triple A titles that everybody and their mom is going to play because, you know, it's got all of this publicity. But, you know, I think if it's good enough to stand on its own, that enough people will hear about it by word of mouth or reviews, and they'll be able to play it. But, I mean, I just don't have a lot of experience with the randomized stuff because, I mean, I think I've maybe only played one, but I tend to get 
very bored very quickly. So maybe that's more <laughs> up my alley, I guess, because uh, mm-hmm. that at least gives me something new to look at every time. Sure. Yeah, and to double back to one of our old questions, um, I remember there you were Desert Island games. I was thinking, oh man, I should have picked something that was like procedurally generated. Like you could play Rogue Legacy or Spelunky for all eternity and never have the same levels. <laughs> you know? like, so I'm sure there is some statistic in there that would, uh, you know, if you play it one million point two times, then you'll you'll come across the. <laughs> but same But you'd dungeon. never remember it. You'd be so <laughs> desert. True. You'd be so, you'd be <laughs> so, so island true. crazy by that point. Your eyes would be glazed over. You'd be drooling. <laughs> yeah, you're so, referring to the game as Wilson. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so my opinion is, I really feel like it depends on the game. I think some games are really smart about the randomization, mm-hmm. um, and it ties in as a gameplay mechanic. Like a good example would be um, Persona or uh, Darkest Dungeon. Where the idea is, in, in Persona 4 Golden's kind of a, a bad example in this because they added features to make this game a little easier. In Persona 4 Golden, uh, if you die on the floor of a dungeon, it will let you restart at the beginning of that floor. In the original version of that, in the previous Persona games, that wasn't allowed. If you hmm. worked for like an hour and got 10 floors up in this dungeon, this procedure generated, and you died, then you lost all of that progress. Oh, man. And the mechanic behind that, the reason it's procedurally generated, is because the game wanted you to have like a risk-reward kind of system. Um, do you keep pushing forward another floor? There's no way for you to know what's on that next floor because it's going to be randomly generated. Do you you know, leave that dungeon for the rest of the day and you know, resupply and come back the next day and try to make it back that far and then push a little ahead? Or do you go in with the supplies that you have and see if you can make it better? And if you are able to complete those dungeons quicker, then you can spend more times on like the social aspects of the game and, and building your character up. Um, so that wouldn't really work in a crafted dungeon because you could just memorize the dungeons and then, or look up a guide or, and it would tell yeah, you, look okay, up a guide, yeah. for this dungeon, you're going to need these items or have this information and you can just skip past it really quickly. So I, I feel like it's really game dependent. Um, mm-hmm. I understand like, in a game like Spelunky, why it'd be kind of frustrating because it's always randomly generated. Um, but there, that's all it is. It's just every level. There's nothing else to it in games like darkest dungeon or persona. I feel like that's part of the gameplay mechanic is trying to like get you to maybe push it a little farther and maybe that's a mistake and you'll be punished for it or maybe be greatly rewarded for like going that next step. Yeah, that's um, true. And Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, that, that was the end uh, of So, so there are some games, like you said, there are some games that I think randomization works really well. And uh, there's one game in particular that stands out to me, um, and this is kind of along the lines of No Man's Sky. Um, Minecraft is mm-hmm. 100% procedurally generated maps, mm-hmm. and th- because that game is about uh, exploration and discovery, it works because you know you're not. It's not like a matter of you know solving puzzles or anything. The right. fun of Minecraft is literally exploring this new world that you have. Uh, getting minerals, you know, and resources and stuff to survive and like building your own little empire. And so randomized randomization works for that because you're building the content. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, th- I don't think randomization is bad a hundred percent of the time, but I just, I'm just kind of worried about this, this trend that like, you know, kind of story driven games are still, you know, tapping into the randomization. No, I, I understand that. And, and like you said, there are certain, even in the indie scene, games that have crafted you know levels and they're amazing like guacamole mm-hmm. is a great example we've been talking about that game nothing is randomly generated 
as far as I know, maybe in Championship Edition there's something that, that's from the gender that Adam could speak to, but the main campaign of that game, it's just it's all crafted and it's all perfect. Like it's so well done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The final topic of the evening. Review scores. This is my topic, by the way, you guys. This oh, is my, this your topic? This one's mine. <laughs> is this your meat and potatoes? <laughs> both my meat and my potato. Oh, okay, um, good. So, review scores. What is their true value? And why do we get so worked up about them? So, we've touched on this a little bit previously on, on other episodes, but mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of delve into, because a conversation Mike and I had where he basically laid it out in such a succinct way, and I'd never heard it put this way, but I don't know if you remember, Mike. It may have been a, a moment of brilliance, and now it's gone forever. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember this conversation, but man, like, thank you. It sounds, it sounds like I was really it amazing. Sounds awesome. No, but you basically said people people read reviews for two, one of two reasons. One, they um, they need someone else, someone else's opinion to to basically validate their choice. Um, and so that's why they get mad when it doesn't agree with what they purchased, you know, say they bought the order and they got, and it got a bad score. So now I'm mad because you're saying it's bad and I can't enjoy it as much now. (laughs) So, Mm. um, so the people whose opinion is so thoroughly based on what the reviewer says or the other people who just have no idea and want to know what the, what a good game is and what a bad game is. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I, okay. Now I, I'm, I'm starting to remember this conversation a little bit. So yeah, that's, that's roughly it. Like I, I'm sure there are, are plenty of nuances. There's other people that read reviews um, as well, but yeah, I feel like a lot of people fall in these two camps where it's like, I really don't know if I want this game or not. And so I'm going to read a couple of reviews and get people's opinions on it and try to figure out if I'm going to, if I'm going to buy this right now or not. And I feel like a lot of people, the reason we get so many complaints and reviews is they've already made up their mind. I'm definitely going to buy Batman. Right. Right. Like I have not played it. I've only seen trailers, but I want this game. And any reviews that come out that start to like make me question how good it might be, it kind of makes you angry because you're like, no, 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 I want this game. <laughs> Just tell me it's good. Yeah, exactly. Validation. <laughs> yeah, we all want validation because who wants to spend sixty dollars and like Make on, a, on, a, on a total stinker, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Sixty dollars on a five. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing too. It's funny because like I think there is a, a certain amount of pressure that people put on a game to get like an eight or above you know it's like mm-hmm. if, if a game is a 7.8 well i'm not gonna play it now it's garbage <laughs> you know it's like yeah. no it just barely missed that score that you would have shelled out 60 dollars for so if it looks interesting to you why not still pick it up you know mm-hmm. so um yeah i don't know it's it's interesting like i'm i definitely fall in that camp where i typically know which games i'm gonna I'm going to want, right? Like I know that like Uncharted's coming out. I know Batman's coming out. I know The Witcher's probably going to be good. But if the like on the other hand though, if The Witcher came out and it got a 3, okay, okay, I'm out. <laughs> like I will yeah. I trust reviewers to a certain extent. But like for the order, you know, like I'm not going to because it got 7s and 6s and you know, whatever. Um yeah. It didn't it it just made me go in like at a cheaper price point and, and with some caveats in mind, you know, like yeah. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't, yeah. ex- it just lowered my expectations enough to where I was able to enjoy it on, on its own level, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, review scores are mostly meaningless. Like everyone has their own opinion and a review score is just another opinion. Yeah. Um, however, there is there is some validity to something like metacritic.com, mm-hmm. which is like a website that will aggregate all of the scores together. 
um, into like an average. Um, and so how, how I use Metacritic is, you know, so everyone has their own opinion, but if you average those opinions together, then you can tell if a game is actually really, really good or actually really, really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't help so much for like nuance. Like you can't tell if it's like a B plus game or a D minus game. Yeah. But at least you you can tell if it's a pass or fail, you know? Yeah. And if you want that, you can actually read a review and, you know, and find out what they didn't like. And we've talked about that a little before where it's like, okay, this guy didn't like that. There's no multiplayer, but I don't care about that. I just want to play the single player anyway. So that's not a minus for me, you know, those kinds of things. But I, I know what you mean. Cause I do the same thing with movies like rotten tomatoes, you mm-hmm. know, I'll just, I'll look at the average, like, Oh, this, this Hansel and Gretel movie got 4%. Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, that's I'm, a good example. That movie was terrible. <laughs> oh, that's a matter Don't of opinion, sir. <laughs> I liked that movie. It was stupid Oops. fun. I liked it. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative, but I, I just, I knew going in that it was not going to be like an Oscar winner or anything. Right, right. I, I knew what to expect going in from the trailer, what I was going to get. So you, wait, let me just get this straight. You like Hansel and Gretel, but you don't like the Phantom Menace. No, no, I don't. Oh. Yeah, I think that's, that's fine. That's Anybody, totally fine. Anyone oh, tells man. me they don't like the Phantom Menace, I'm like, you are correct. High five. <laughs> High five. But what about, how do you treat review scores, Ashley? Um, well, it's funny because the, the first thing you, that you touched on, like the, the validation part, because um, I, I work in retail specifically with video games, and mm. you get a whole lot of people, especially when a new release comes out. Um, just coming in and they know that they want the game, but the first thing that they do is they come to the counter and they're like, okay, how is this title? What do you think of it? And I'm just kind of standing there and and pondering to myself, like, is this going to make or break a purchase for this person? (laughs) Because normally, and and like nine times out of 10, if you say, oh, well, that one got really negative reviews, it's too short, or anything that might be you know it's not like a a game changer for that person they will they will walk out of the store right then and there and it's not even they don't they don't trust their own opinion when it comes to games they have to rely on somebody else to tell them yes it is good Mm. no it is it just Mm. it's a little weird for me because i it's very subjective um and even with the consoles when those first came out people would ask me so which one are you gonna buy and i would tell them honestly, well, it's a matter of personal opinion, and I think it comes down to the games, but as far as the hardware, it's they're pretty similar, and people would just look at me like, what? Are you sure? Are you sh- are you positive? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, if you like... my nephew said... <laughs> yeah, and so it's, it's very, very weird, and normally I look to reviews to sort of push me over the edge, because like sure. you guys already mentioned, you know what you're going to like before you even get to a store to, you know, buy a game um, because there's so many different outlets to look up information um, mm-hmm. and, and review scores are just another outlet to that. And uh, I mostly look at reviews because my favorite thing to do is not just read the the articles or the written reviews, but I love watching video reviews of games. Oh, yeah, those yeah. are the best. That come out because uh, yeah. it's, it just gives you that behind-the-scenes look um, especially when they lift the embargo that you can see, you know, oh, okay, this is legitimate gameplay footage. This is mm-hmm. how the game looks like it's, it's got the gold stamp on it. So this is what I should expect when I plop down my $65, $70. Um, 
and it, it just kind of pushes me. Okay, yeah, I think this is a, a smart decision. Or you could just wait and borrow it from a friend, or you could yeah. buy it used, and you know, I, I don't know. It's just there. There's a lot of different things that people can do, but I think yeah, if people rely way too much on on review scores. It's just it's weird. Yeah, it's like I, I feel like the. Um the other function of review scores for me is just like when a game is going to come out of nowhere on me. Right. So it's like, mm. it's just not on my radar at all. And then it all of a sudden it gets rave reviews. I'm like, Oh, okay. What's this? You know? And <laughs> you so, so, Mordor. so there are definitely, there are <laughs> definitely. definitely a lot of those out there that, yeah. that happen, especially with indie games, you know, like uh, indie games come along and it's just, yeah, out of nowhere. I never would have heard of this game. So there's no way I know that it's going to be good in my heart, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, <laughs> Oh, it just got a 10. Like, okay, what is this? You know? So there's definitely that function of review scores as well. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it is, I, I, I kind of line up with, a lot of what you guys are saying, just, you know, it's the other half of the equation sometimes, you know? Um, yeah. It can either push, bring a game into my field of view, or it can definitely cause me to wait if I'm still really interested in it or buy it on sale yeah. or, or mm-hmm. it can make me buy it day one. Um, but yeah, like I, I put some stock in, in, uh, in review scores just based on, yeah, just that second half of the, you know, especially if you can find reviewers that you tend to line up with. Oh, yeah, yeah that's exactly I what I was going to bring names. up. Yeah, because yeah. like there's there are some game reviewers out there that maybe maybe they work for IGN or or Polygon or whatever, some big site that you like, but it's like, you know, every time they review a game, I end up liking it and they hate it. So it's like, okay, well maybe I don't trust that guy's review cuz we don't have the same taste in games, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's like that's the best advice I can offer to anybody uh, is actually start reading reviews uh, whenever you can, and not just read the them score. from yeah, read them from different sites. Read Kotaku, read Polygon, read IGN, and try to get a feel like for these different authors who are obviously going to be reviewing games over and over again for these different sites. And you'll kind of you'll kind of figure out which personalities that you click with. Like, okay, this guy has really similar tasting when it comes to fighting games or RPGs or action games, and so that like, you can kind of closely trust his opinion. Mm-hmm. And you also get a feel for like what these guys always complain about. And like yeah. Adam, like you were saying earlier, sometimes they complain about like, oh, you know, the multiplayer. And he's like, well, I don't care about multiplayer anyway. So that's like, that's not a negative for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the best thing I can offer is like, check your scores. But like, if you feel like the scores are like not matching up to your expectations, well then hop on to like two or three reviews and like read with the actual text of the article and you'll get a good idea of why they're giving you that score. And then you can determine whether or not that was a problem for you. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I think Mike just summed it up brilliantly. <laughs> I do that from time to time. <laughs> All right, you guys. End of the show plugs for both men and women. Oh, oh we're going to be gender inclusive this time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're very progressive podcast. Women need plugs too. They do. <laughs> All right, help support the show for zero dollars by signing up for a free audiobook on audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS. If you like the show, leave us an iTunes review, pretty please. Uh, that would help us out quite a bit. Um, follow us on Twitter, SBFVGS Podcast. Um, I'm Barry White, B U R Y W I T E. Mike is Taco Douglas. David is David J. Tate. That's and me. Our super guest friend tonight do you want to plug your twitter uh sure it's uh at that geeky gal that geeky gal mm-hmm. on, on the tweets and then uh, we're all basically that same uh 
basic thing, except for Mike. Who's taco, <laughs> except for Mike. Taco underscore Douglas on the PSN. And then, um, Ashley, what is your PSN? Or mine, do you want to keep it anonymous? No, it's fine. Uh, mine is Up She Goes on PSN. So if anybody up. wants to look me up, GTA, Last of Us, yeah. I'm down. Up she goes, no spaces, mm-hmm. none of that. No um, underscores. Nope. No, no I don't underscores. Mess with that. I don't mess with that. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sbfbgs or follow the blog at sbfbgspodcast.wordpress.com. And that is all the time we have. But wait, s- we haven't talked about pancakes one time. <laughs> <laughs> pancakes, French Come toast. On, you guys. That's true. Oh. There's so many good breakfast foods to this. Pancakes with... Some maple syrup, but it has to be fake maple syrup. <laughs> I don't like the real stuff. What about crepes, I like corn syrup. Crepes. Mm. Oh, crepes. Oh, man, there's some They're great delicious. crepes in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. So. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had breakfast okay. for dinner, so I'm good. I'm good to go. Oh, man. I'm going to go get some <laughs> and crepes tomorrow. that was tomorrow. the last plug of the night. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the time we have for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Episode 16. Thank you for listening. Yay. We will- We will be back every two weeks with more exploding red barrels on gaming. (laughs) Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook with your questions, topics, or musings if you want to be part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Mike's not clapping, but I am. That's what crazy people who like the prequels do. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs>